As you're giving, turn to Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12. If you have trouble finding Genesis, then you missed a few Sunday school classes. Genesis is the first book of the Bible. Turn to Genesis chapter 12. I'm going to preach a message today called Blessed to Be. Blessed to Be, Your Journey to Significance. And I want to start right with the Word of God today. Amen. It says in verse number 1, Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country from your family, And from your father's house to a land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation. Listen to this. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. And I'll bless those who bless you. And I'll curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Listen to this. In you all... The families of the earth shall be blessed. Hallelujah. That's a pretty good promise. That's a pretty good blessing. But it all starts with this. Abram, get out of your own country. Get out. If you study that phrase in the Hebrew, that phrase get out literally means this. Listen to this. Listen to this. Run for your life. Run for your life. Run as if your life depended on it. I don't know if you've ever run for your life or not. I've never had to run for my life, thankfully. I do remember one incident. I was in Mexico. We were on a mission trip. I was just a young guy, just about, just about 20 years old. And I went to a village in Mexico, two hours, two hours outside of Mexico City. And the missionary there said, well, I'm having some trouble with my trailer. Would you go down with, with this guy here that's like my right-hand man? Would you go down with him? Would you see if you could help get our trailer fixed? I don't know why he sent me, but he decided to send me. So we're out there in this field, you know, just outside of, of this village. And all of a sudden, the man looks at me and he yells, get down. Now, when you're in the middle of nowhere, Mexico, and somebody tells you to get down, how many of you know you don't question him? Guess what I did? I got down. Hallelujah. And all of a sudden, we are sitting there underneath this trailer hiding, and this big black cloud just goes right over us. And I said, what was that? And he said, that was a swarm of killer bees. Thankfully, they didn't see us. Otherwise, we would have had to run for our lives. I said, well, listen, you ain't seen fast until you've seen me run for my life. How many of you know I would have broken sound barriers? There would have been a sonic boom if a swarm of killer bees is coming at you. You, I'm telling you, I'd make doors where there was no door. Run for your life. Now, the interesting thing about what he says is, he says run for your life to a man who didn't need to run for his life. To a man who had no trouble. In chapter 13, verse 2, you have to understand it says about Abram that Abram was rich. He was wealthy. 
The Bible says he was rich in livestock, gold, and silver. Abram was one of the wealthiest men in the world. And he says to this man who is at the pinnacle of success, who has spent 75 years of his life working and accumulating, sowing and reaping, 75 years of labor and has seen the fruit of all of that labor. He says to that man, run for your life. Get out. Get out. Get out of your own country to a land that I will show you. How many of you know success is not the pinnacle? Wealth and fame and riches and the corner office and and, and the big car and the big house. How many of you know that's not all that there is to life? There are three levels of living. Let me just give them to you very quickly. The first level of living is called survival. This is where 80% of the world lives. I've traveled to some of these countries. I've seen the way they live. They are surviving from day to day. You heard the story of the lady who would work all day in the field so that she could afford to buy some beans that having eaten the beans, she'd get enough strength to get up in the morning so that she could work all day in the field so that she could make enough money to buy some beans so that having eaten the beans, she'd have enough strength to get up in the morning so that she could work all day in the field to make enough money to buy some beans. And that's how many people live. They're just on that cycle. It's nine to five. It's living for the weekends. It's, it's living for the next holiday and the next vacation. And, and it's, just, it's just this cycle. It's survival mode. You know, many people are just one or two paychecks away from losing it all. They can't, lose, they can't miss one paycheck. They can't miss two paychecks. They would lose everything. If they're just surviving. But then there's the next level, and the next level is success. And success is, is measurable. Success is, okay, I, I, I've worked and, and I've gotten to a place in my life where I am now comfortable. I'm successful. I've achieved some goals. And that is this level called success. Success is, is something that is tangible. You can, you can see it. It's not always, you know, sometimes it's a facade, but most of the time it's very, very evident when somebody is successful. And, and that's the, the second level of living. That's where Abraham was. But the third level of living is the highest level of living, and it is called sur- uh, significance. From survival to success to significance. Success is just the platform. Success is just the stage. Success is where God brings us so that he can then bring us into significance. And he says to Abram, I want you to move up. I want you to leave that life. I want you to run for your life from comfortable, from from apathy. I want you to, from mediocre, from, from everyday nine to five. I want you to run for your life from that. So that I can bring you to a place where you are significant, where you're going to not just be blessed, but you will then be a blessing. Amen. And so that is what God is calling for us to do. 
I want to give you four things today, very quickly, four things for you to know. And how do I find, how do I find this place of significance? Number one is this. Significance is a journey, not a destination. You'll never get there if you think it's a moment, just a one-time deal, just these little spots that happen in your life. No, it is a process. It is a journey. But you do not shoot just for these little moments. You shoot for the entire destination. That I would live my life in a significant way. That I would make my life count for something. That I would fulfill a purpose. That I would fulfill a destiny. Success, uh, significance is, is not these little moments. If you look back at your life and you say, well, uh, well, I can point to something. And if it starts with the year 19, how many of you know you need to reevaluate? Amen. It's not every day that we kill giants, but it should be some days that we kill giants. Number two, significance is is best measured by obedience. It is not always tangible. It is not always measurable on this here and earth. Listen, guess what? God doesn't give everybody the platform. God doesn't get everybody the stage. God doesn't say to everybody, now I want the entire world to see you. There are some people that they're doing things behind the scenes, but they're living a very significant life. You may not know their name, but God knows their name. Amen? Let me ask you a question today. When you get to heaven, who do you want to meet? Is there anybody you'd like to meet? Is there anybody that you'd like to say, okay, I want to I kind of, you know, find them. I want to work my way through the crowd and I want to get to this person. I have somebody. Her name is Lillian Trasher. When I get to heaven, I, I want to, Peter, get out, Paul, listen, I want to find Lillian. I want to meet Lillian. You may not have heard of her. Lillian was born in 1887. And her goal in life, her dream in life, was to have 12 children. Turn to the person next to you and say, he's talking to you right now. 12 children. Some of you are on your way. Praise God. You're well on your way. (laughs) You know, some people, that's not a dream. That's a, anyway. So... She was engaged to be married and and everything was set for her life. But all of a sudden, she just felt the call of God on her life. Just this tug. And she went to her fiancé and she said to him, I think God's called me to be a a missionary. I think God has got this call on my life. And I want to go overseas and I want to help people. And he said, that's not for me. And so she left him behind. And in 1910, she got on a ship. There were no planes to Egypt. She got on a boat. She traveled days to get to Egypt. And her life was forever changed when she walked into the home of a woman who was dying at the age of 23, Lillian was, and there was no one to care for her baby. And Lillian took that baby in her arms and her life would never be the same when she passed away when she went on to be with the Lord in 1961 she wrote in her journal my life's goal was to have 12 children and now I pull back the curtain and I see not 12 children in this home 
but 1,200 children. And through those years, 10,000 Egyptian children had come through that children's home. When she passed away, there were 1,200 children in that orphanage. Still being run today, over 25,000 kids have been touched by what's now called the Lillian Trasher Orphanage. How do you do that? Single woman with almost no resources, no training, no biblical degree. How do, you, how, do you, how do you have that kind of impact? That's who I want to meet when I get to heaven. And history may not record much about her, and, and, and most of people have never heard of her, but what an incredible impact. See, God didn't call us to be famous. He didn't call us to be known. He just called us to be obedient. Hallelujah. What does your obedience look like? Thirdly, significance is perpetuated by the unfolding of our gifts. Abraham said, I'm wealthy, I have stuff, and God said, I wanted it. I want to take it to a whole other level. Lillian said, I don't have much. I've just got hands and feet and a heart, and God said, I'll take that. In Proverbs chapter 18, verse 16, it says, a man's gift will make room for him and bring him before great men. A man's gifts. Listen, there's two types of gifts that were given in life. The first one is eternal. That's our talent. That's our God-given talent. What kind of talent has he placed on the inside of you? The second is external. Those are the things that he blesses you with. That's your treasure. And if anybody told you God doesn't want your money, they lied to you. God wants your money. He doesn't need your money. huh? He just wants it. Why? So he can do something significant with it. Hallelujah. So he can do something incredible with your treasure. He wants it both. He wants all of it because he wants all of you. And if we hold on to those things, if we refuse to let our talents go, if we refuse to let our treasure go, we will never live a significant life. We will always stay in our own little world. We will always stay comfortable. We will always stay mediocre. And we will never fulfill our God-given purpose in life. Fourthly and lastly is this. Significance is found by answering the reason why. Bishop Tony Miller says this, that the people who know why will always lead the people who know what The people who know why will always lead the people who only know what. It was a young boy in the Bible, in the book of Samuel, that went to see his brothers one day, and as David was going to visit them, he heard the voice of this giant man defying Israel. And he asked a couple questions. The first question he asked is this. He said, hey, what's to be done for the man that kills this guy? The second question he asked, and why is he still here who is defying the armies of the God of Israel? 
when they chastise him, when, when his brothers begin to say, hey, who are you? Why are you asking these questions? Why are you trying to get involved? Why are you even making it your business? David responds in 1 Samuel 17, verse 29, and he says, hey, hey, what have I done wrong? Is there not a cause? Is there not a reason? Listen, this guy ought to be killed. Somebody should do something about it. There's a reason. There is a purpose. There is a why attached to my life. And I'm here to tell you there's a why attached to your life. You're not here by accident. No, no, no. You're not here just because, just, just because you, you think that, that it's just this random set of circumstances. Listen, that's why I think that evolution is the most ridiculous thing I ever heard. What are you telling me? Two planets lost their GPS and just happened to collide and, and frogs were playing baseball underwater, fish were, and then they just hit the ball out of the water and said, hey, let's grow legs. Let's just live on land. It's the most ridiculous theory there is. No, you were made by God's own hands, amen? God formed you, he fastened you, he put you together, amen? And he put inside of you purpose. Hallelujah. That's what he did. Now, we just need to know why. Why am I here? Why am I here at this moment? Why am I alive? I could have been born any time history past. I could have been born any time history present. But God has me, or future, but God has me here for a reason. I heard of an incredible story just a few weeks ago. Some men decided that they were going to go down to the Amazon jungle and capture a snake known as the Bushmaster. The Bushmaster snake lives along the jungle uh, in the Amazon River, and it is the longest, most poisonous snake in the Western Hemisphere. It can grow as long as, as, as big as 12 feet long. And it's so dangerous and so poisonous that they went, when they went to a village to try to figure out or find somebody, some guide who will lead them to this snake, they couldn't find anybody. Nobody wanted to lead him to the snake. Finally, they paid a guy so much money that he just kind of led them to the general direction and he pointed to where he thought the snake was and then he turned around and ran the other direction. And so they come and they're professionals and they trap and they catch this snake and they put it in a box and they put the box in the cargo hull of their ship and they begin to travel back down the Amazon to go home. Well, every now and then they'd take the lid off the, the hull and they would look down and make sure that that box is still there. <laughs> and so every now and then they just check. And one time they check, they noticed that the lid to the box was moved. It was ajar. There was an opening and they know that snake had gotten loose. Now, how many of you know I'd be in that water so quick? I'd take my chances with the piranhas because I don't do snakes. Does anybody not do snakes? I don't do snakes. I don't do mice. I don't do spiders. I don't do cockroaches. I don't do hamsters. I don't do cats. I don't do almost anything with four legs. I don't do it at all. If it's creepy crawly, nope. Cynthia? Do something about that. Ask her, I'll tell you. She'll tell you that's the truth. 
And so the snake had gotten loose and they had to find it. So they searched the, the ship. They were, they were going from front to back of the ship. They, they determined, okay, it's still down below. And so they take a flashlight and they shine all around the bottom hull of that ship and they see the snake in the corner. They take a, snick, a stick and they poke it. The snake does not move. They poke it again. They try to move it. The snake doesn't move at all. And they realized that that snake was dead. Something had killed the snake. They couldn't figure out what it was, and they began to shine the light a little more. And at the head of the snake, an old stray cat was right there with its two kittens huddled up next to her. That mama cat had killed that snake. You say, Pastor, how did the cat kill the snake? I have no idea. (laughs) They didn't tell you in the story how it happened. Who knows? But that's the point of the story. The point of the story is when you have a big enough reason why... You'll figure out the how. Amen? Listen, when it's, when it's big enough and it's rising up on the inside of you, when you can't contain it, when you just have to because you have to, when you're going to die if you don't, when your life depends on it, when you have to run like you, your whole existence depends on it, guess what? You'll figure out the how. Amen? It'll happen. Listen, when your life is in danger because it's just nine to five and it's too comfortable, huh? And and there's too much mediocrity and you know God wants to shake your life and do something incredible and he wants to take you to a place that you've never been before. Then you'll realize, okay, I was born for a bigger purpose. I was born for more than this. There has to be more than just buying beans and eating beans. There has to be more than nine to five. I have been born for a significant life. I have a purpose and I have a destiny. And I refuse to let life pass me by without living it. Amen. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes this morning? Listen to me, listen to me very carefully. Right where you're seated.